It was a time when pro wrestling was a pop culture phenomenon. Talk about your songs, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Pay-per-view quality matches live on free TV every Monday night. Monday, July 6th. Back at the battle between WCW Monday Nitro and WWF Monday Night Raw. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! This is Reliving the War with Simon Tackler and Nims Azul. You can call this the new world order of wrestling brother. welcome everyone to another edition of reliving the war live and exclusive on the gray wolf entertainment network my name is nim Chazor, joined as always by tag team partner simon tackler we get right into 1999 we suffered through sold out and let us never speak of it again but simon we're into the first wwf pay-per-view of the new year and 1999 really is the apex of Vince Russo's writing prowess, isn't it? We are right in Russo mania. Uh, the first pay-per-view of 1999 is Russo-tastic, but in a good way. <laughs> so I thought this was yeah, fun. It, re- it really is. Like this, this is the sort of, um, this is the era where we see why everyone liked Vince Russo and thought that he was such a genius and the man that was the... Uh, personal responsible for catapulting them to the heights of popularity that they were in the attitude era but as always when we get a big four wwf pay-per-view we always like to get our third man on the show as well please welcome back to reliving the war for the first time in 1999 owen jones digital beard owen welcome thank thank you for welcoming to my fourth lap around the sun in 1999 your favorite wrestling photographer turned four this year that is All remarkable. My- <laughs> oh, and next year I started kindergarten. How exciting. Um, no, thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for the WWE Network for ceasing to, to exist in Australia. So I didn't have to watch Sold Out 99. <laughs> Sorry, no, yeah, 99. Trust me, the network did you a favor there. We had to suffer through it. About time. And um, now, and now, how I watched the Royal Rumble 1999, no one will ever know how I watched it or obtained it, but I watched the show. So this is going to be a bit of a jarring episode because you two both watched the WWF home video release, which yes, has some, which has some extra footage uh, thrown in, as was the style at the time with all the WWF. Uh, home video releases uh i actually watched the network stream uh which was just you know a lot less blurring we'll put it that way but um let's get straight into it because it will start off with uh, the opening video package the whole theme of it is no chance in hell and and simon what take us let's go back to where you were in 1999 when this pay-per-view first started when, when this pay-per-view first started when i first watched this pay-per-view it was on home video, so it would have been a couple of months later. But in 1999, in January, or the start of the year, I had just started grade six. So that's where wow. I was. And I'll tell you what, though, primary school, St. Anthony's Primary in, in Fairfield, was wrestling mad at the time. So everyone was excited about this event. You know, the rock turned and everyone was heartbroken at the Survivor Series. So this was all about, yeah, 
is Austin going to get his revenge? Can I just say, we were talking about superstars on the last episode when you would catch <laughs> an episode late at night on Channel 10. I still remember the episode of Superstars that had the footage from that episode of Raw where Vince McMahon was being trained by Shane McMahon and it was the parody of Rocky. Some of the best vignettes ever and one of the rare times when wrestling gets comedy right. Those videos are amazing. Vince McMahon, you know, chasing a chicken and running after a limo and drinking eggs and punching the meat. And Shane McMahon... Look, I don't know why there was such a difference between 1999 Shane McMahon and 2018 Shane McMahon, but it's <laughs> night and day. One of them has a lot of energy, and one of them seemed like he was half asleep all the time. 1999 Shane McMahon is the stuff of dreams because I love that he keeps, I love that he jumps around like, that's my pops, Rudy Mac, show him how it's done, blah, blah, blah. Keep just, he's, he's like the full on energizer buddy right there. But uh, as I said, no chance in hell is the theme for this show and famously becomes Vince's uh, theme music later on. Austin. Yeah, I, I was going to ask that. So um, was this the first, was this the debut of that song? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, yeah, cool. And then he walks out to it later on in the show. No, no? he walks out to nothing. But he celebrates. Oh, he celebrates. He celebrates with it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So my third note. Um. After I, my second note is the very excited pyro because the pyrotechnics in this the intro were incredible. And then my follow up note was: This is already better than all of 1998 WCW. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot start to the show and, and can i just say nims let's just put it out there in terms of the home video version that owen and myself watched there was only one exclusive and it was right at the top of the show so before the no chance in hell really video, cool. which was amazing we got just sit down comments from the most random assortment of wrestlers <laughs> it was really cool though i liked it it was good so it was road dog boss man mark henry Jeff Jarrett and Jim Cornette. So they just randomly went up to just whoever was sitting backstage. My favorite comments were from Jeff Jarrett for whatever reason. Now, like Jeff Jarrett is the most old school pro wrestling guy. For some reason, he did this as a shoot and not in character. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the Royal Rumble, it's a great time on the calendar. And, you know, the fans are really excited and they want to see how the storylines play out and, you know, which match is going to go to WrestleMania. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And he's just super laid back and you're like, did he think this was for a doco or something? It's weird. So, so the weird and thing is with night, well, let's, let's put that into concept though, because 1999 um, WWE was, had that weird mix of kayfabe and shoot, depending on where it is, because remember they had bite this on every single week. Hmm. But this, the, uh, the this was a, for a home video. No, but that's the thing. Like, maybe he just saw the cameras like, this ain't for the show, is it? It's like, no, no, this is just some exclusive thing for whatever. And he's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Fair enough. And and then we get Woke Boss Man <laughs> or, or Big Boss Day, as we said in the chat. <laughs> because what did he say? He's like, you know, it's the thir 30 men and 30 men. No, sorry, 29 men and one woman. 30 people. Like... For all people you would think to like, you know, not really care about women's rights, Bossman was there for China when she needed him. A guy with a <laughs> Confederate flag tattoo to be correcting himself on the pronouns. 
Fantastic. What a man. What, what yeah. I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big boss man guy. I'm a You're big a I'm a big big, big boss man guy. <laughs> yeah. After that, he's risen in my books. Yeah. So just laying out the ground rules of the Royal Rumble, the ones that make this one different is Austin is number one in the Rumble. Vince is number two. There is a one hundred thousand dollar bounty on anyone that eliminates Austin, and China is the first woman that is in the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. It's all summed up nice and succinctly by Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. Doesn't take forty minutes like it does uh, probably the Brain <laughs> Heenan, Tony Schiavone, and Mike Tanay, and their little stop downs at the start. But anyway, we'll get straight into our first match, which is Road Dog, who is the Hardcore Champion, up against the Big Boss Man, and he does the full New Age Outlaw mm-hmm. shtick, even though there's no mm-hmm. Billy Gunn. And Big Boss Man is one half of the tag team champions with Ken Shamrock here, and uh, it all starts off with Road Dog giving a quick little suck it to Boss Man to start. To really emphasize, welcome to 9099, everyone. But, uh, Simon, what did you think of this match? Okay. I think we've established on the show over the years, I like matches like this. For some reason, I mm. really enjoyed this because <laughs> it was mm-hmm. two guys doing old school pro wrestling. It wasn't necessarily about the moves, but it was about the story they were telling, their characters, how they did everything. There was even one point that I thought was a nice detail. Road Dog went to pull Boss Man's nuts into the post, but yep. he he waited for the referee to be distracted by the nightstick and walk over and turn his back. I think a lot of times in modern days, they would get away with doing that just in front of the ref. And, you know, the commentators would then have to cover for it and be like, oh, oh well, I guess, you know, he didn't hit him. The post hit him. These guys went to the effort of being like, let's do it behind the referee's back. There was a lot of nice touches like that. And I also want to say, two years ago in 1997, if you said this match would be on a pay-per-view and the crowd would be into it, people would think you're a maniac. Ray (laughs) Trailer and the goddamn real double J, Jesse James. Look at at what's happened, you know? I do love... I love that you brought up uh, that spot because I've actually written down here great spot where boss man gets, sh- gets a shot in the balls as the ref puts away the nightstick. Yeah. Loved <laughs> it. Loved it. Uh, what do you think of this one Owen? Because as, as Simon said, this is not something that traditionally would open a pay-per-view back in the day. Boss loved. man and road dog. Like it doesn't scream box office. Uh, at least loved. not in 2023. Loved it. Big fan. Um, I also I like the fact that um Road Dog opened up his uh promo with the word uh bizitch. <laughs> uh yeah, that was a, one of my favorite promos of 1999 so far. Um and it also wasn't um yeah, also that crowd chant along to um the New Age Outlaws just never gets old, hey? Oh, like so and that fun. was loud. That was loud. Um wasn't Ray Trailer in WCW like 6 months ago? Yeah, one of the uh, wild transformations <laughs> in wrestling. Why would anyone be like, let's steal Ray Trailer, repackage him as a SWAT team version of the boss man and make him the main henchman of Vince McMahon? It worked. Yeah, it worked phenomenally. Like, you will not believe as we go through 1999 how much the big <laughs> boss man plays a role to the point where he gets a world title <laughs> shot as well. It doesn't main event, but he's the co-main event in uh, at Armageddon 1999. But uh, yeah, Boss Man wins with a sidewalk slam. It's an awesome sidewalk slam too. And uh, I well, did it's like the Boss the- Man slam. I got to say, I was very upset. Yeah. I thought Michael Cole was doing a great job in this match. Honestly, 
he's come so far in the couple of months we've seen him filling in for JR. But him calling it mm-hmm. the sidewalk slam, that's a Tav- Tony Schiavone strike there for calling it <laughs> a sidewalk slam. Yeah. <laughs> also, least- quick. So you go, Dims. At least it'll be a real Tony Schiavone move if he went and said that's like, you know, a scabby crab Boston rear neck or something like that. Because he just he just used to pick words out left, right and center and then throw the words front kick at the end the of it. The old back leg front kick. Yeah. Or he called it a choke slam front kick or something. Yeah. But um, quick little shout out to the kids sitting right, behind, right between Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler in a very fresh, white Kevin Garnett, Minnesota Timberwolves. Singlet. As a diehard Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I'm all in. <laughs> and that's fresh too, because Kevin Garnett got drafted in 1995. So that jersey is probably only like two or three years old. Well, that kid's made of money. How do you go from Minnesota to uh, California LA. and get front row mm, seats? Exactly. <laughs> that kid looked like 16 as well. Maybe he was an influence, like a 1998 <laughs> version of an influencer. <laughs> so he was ba- Jonathan Taylor Thomas, basically. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, actually, up- before we move on from this match, there was a spot when Bossman had Road Dog in a bear hug, and to get oh, the, the crowd one. to cheer for him, Road Dog raised the roof and the crowd bought it. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever, but, but- it worked. Oh, the also, bit that I love too, where um, boss man, he's choking out Road Dog and then yelling at the king to tell him how great he is on commentary. <laughs> yeah. And also the bear hug, which in my notes, like Cole trying to sell the pain of boss man's bear hug on Road Dog. But I personally want one because I really need my back cracked because it really didn't look like it was doing much. Yeah, Ray Trail, I'm surprised he, he didn't have a gimmick. He had a gimmick of a guardian angel, of a, a team member of the NWO. Surprised chiropractor wasn't thrown into there, but um, <laughs> they, they were probably all taken care of at Cobb County, Georgia. But uh, moving on to the next match, it is Billy Gunn versus Ken Shamrock. And the basis of this feud is Billy Gunn mooned Ryan Shamrock on an episode of Raw. That is the basis of this feud. Um, also, did you have any, there was like some sign or something that said WPMC. Do you have any idea what the hell that meant? What did I... Th- Billy Gunn shouted it out. He said, "Any if yeah. you ain't down with WNBC, w- I have no idea what he said." Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it? What, uh, what did you have down? All right, WPMC question mark. Uh, no idea. I have no idea what the hell that means. I typed and, in but... WMPC and it came up with Warn Ponds Medical Center. So maybe <laughs> oh, went to the yeah. doctor in Geelong and yeah. There you go. Look, considering the fact that the last pay-per-view we had Conan talking about tossing salad and, and <laughs> making gravy, I'm pretty sure that uh, no toss toss my potatoes, wasn't it? No, peel my potatoes. Peel my potatoes, that's <laughs> toss it. Yes. So, toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, anyway, so Ken Shamrock looks absolutely great here. And this is the attitude era Ken Shamrock that we all know and love. And uh, I tell you what. Ken Shamrock is literally kicking Billy Gunn's ass to start this match. And uh, Billy Gunn also, what was it say here? Billy Gunn also has a a drape style. I have no idea what the hell that meant, <laughs> but uh, let's get straight into the match. What did you think of it, Owen? Um, it was fun. I, um, like, it's, it's actually really insane how, like, Billy Gunn looks better now than he did in 1999. Like, I don't know how that's physically possible. I mean... There's a thing called trend and and HGH, but we won't go there. Allegedly, um, allegedly, yes. 
Allegedly. <laughs> I'd like the record to, to state I said allegedly. We'd also um, like to point out that the views of Owen don't reflect that of the Grey Wolf <laughs> Entertainment Network either. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, yeah, Shamrock was, Shamrock was putting a bit of pepper on those kicks, by the way. He was really just, like, sourcing those onto uh, good old, cause our friend Kip. Um, and then, yeah, I find it really... Also, I find it funny how Shamrock was just always wearing, like, Johnny kick pads, like, stereotypical, like, um, octagon shapes on his uh, kick pads. Just super, like, generic wrestler stuff. But the match itself was really funny. And really, so not funny. Just really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I did pop for Val Venus just running in and then just doing, like, a cheeky runaway when, like, a naughty kid when he hit the DDT. <laughs> but that was it. Like, that was why. Like, why was Val Venus just running around DDTing people? So Val Venus was feuding with Shamrock at the time. Uh, basically, um, the entire thing is Ken Shamrock trying to defend his sister's honor, mm. <laughs> and be and with a guy that flashed his ass to her and the porn star that's interested in his sister. This is ba- the entire premise of this is that's my sister, man. Like that's the entire Ken Shamrock character in and for most of the first half of '99. Poor Ken Shamrock is the heel here. He's got a guy, um, you know bloody sexually harassing her with his bare ass he's got a porn star trying to you know uh coerce her into making <laughs> films she might not want to ken shamrock's just you know just sticking he's up just being sister. a stand-up citizen <laughs> that's it so you know, uh, one you, i just i just want to say though on the um mooning of ryan shamrock they kept making the point or jerry lawler anyway he kept saying oh billy gunn showing that hairy butt of his, showing his hairy butt. Look, I know we're not watching it in super HD and 4K quality because it's from 1999, but based on the rest of Billy Gunn, I have a hard time believing that man's butt is hairy. I'm just going to (laughs) say, like, what a weird thing for Jerry Lawler to be saying. Like, if it was Scott Hall or something, but man, it's Billy Gunn. But in that fact, when when remember when Billy Gunn like transitioned fully to Mister Ass from Badass Billy Gunn, to, and he had like the the um the sheen kind of tights, like yeah. like it just looked pristine there. Best posterior <laughs> in wrestling. Oh, that's all I can say. I demand a correction, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> uh, b- before we move on to the next match, I do want to point out there was a sign there, someone which gave me a massive pop, which just had a URL on it. Which was members.tripod.com forward slash Foley fans. Did you? I, I was going to go to this website, but I'm assuming the demand no longer exists. No, it doesn't. Um, Because I used to have uh, a, a tripod website, members.tripod.com. It's part of that. Remember, Simon, back in the day, the family of like GeoCities, Tripod, um, Angel Fire, and uh, Fortune City. I will say, I know what those things are because I would look at them sometimes in primary school in the computer labs or whatever. Mm. I didn't have proper internet till like 2003. Yeah. So Even then, that's not way. proper internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> <laughs> see, see, I, I hear tripod in nineties, and I think of three geeky Australian guys singing acoustic comedy songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So D- the DDT on Ken Shamrock and Billy Gunn gets the uh, gets the pin, but uh, but that's a kick out there as well. Um, Billy Gunn taps out to the ankle lock, and uh, the reputation of Ryan Shamrock, who Ken Shamrock would later go on to date. Uh, funnily enough, um, not in storyline, just it's one of those weird things. 
Um, and then we move on. To- I, actually, <laughs> we should make the point. Billy Gunn tapped out and Michael Cole stressed the point. Billy Gunn has never submitted in his career before. History has been made. Did anyone even know that? Or is that even a thing to care about? Like, oh no, Billy Gunn know. tapped out. But to Michael fair, Cole I'm... did an amazing job at hyping things up on this show. Oh, he was excellent on the show, but yeah, just a weird point to to make there. Uh, we get to a little Vince backstage segment, and Shane is getting it, uh, getting it Vince to hype him up. And we we once again got to mention those awesome uh, training vignettes that Vince and Shane had training for the Rumble because they seriously were one of the best things of the Attitude Era. As we move on to our next match, it is Gangrel versus X Park. X-Pac is the European champion. And mm-hmm. once again, Gangrel is said to have a gothic lifestyle, which I th- it we it's about six pay-per-views in, and we still don't know exactly what JR means. Uh, well, what the commentators mean by gothic lifestyle. And was it viscous liquid? <laughs> <laughs> red viscous liquid of some sort. <laughs> um, so... Let's let's start off with you, Owen, because clearly, like Gangrel and X Park, uh, like they they're in their prime here as well, too. And like, what I did think was really cool, though, did you see? Um, or oh, maybe it was later on, uh, when Gangrel comes in the Rumble. I think it's when he comes in the Rumble, when the brood music starts. There's people in the crowd like head bopping along to it. Yeah, in the front row. That might be in the Rumble, but anyway, we'll get to the match because it's pretty short and sweet, and uh, there's not really much to too much to say about it is there i really enjoyed it for a little yeah. a little short banger um i do think that x pack is possibly one of the best kickers of all time in wrestling his kicks just look so good mm. like that back like that spinning back kick he always did looks sick his leg his leg lariat is one of the greatest things ever um yeah and i've always been a big fan of x pack and dx entrances just like chopping between live footage and the and the vignette, I think it's one of the coolest things in wrestling production, and it needs to happen more. Um, also, I was impressed that South Africa got live WWF before Australia did. Yeah, in they, the UK, and um, yeah, they mentioned that live across three continents: America, yeah. Europe, and, and South Africa. And and South Africa, I'm surprised they got it. Mm. Um, and also, big props to Gangrel for wrestling in his Jerry Seinfeld shirt. I've got that note here too. I'm like, Ed really? I said here, Edge got off easy not having to wrestle in the puffy shirt. Like, because I really feel for poor Christian and Gangrel at the time. But yeah, X, oh, yeah. Uh, an X Factor gets the win. And uh, Teddy Long is the ref too. There's a little fun fact. Uh, yeah, and completely ruined the finish. Yeah, I was going to say, Teddy Long almost ruined this. I really enjoyed the match too. Nice, short, energetic, both guys killing it. Teddy Long makes a three count when he shouldn't have and then gets up and he's like, oh, no, no, sorry. The crowd, even in 1999 in the WWE, starts chanting, you effed up, you effed up. <laughs> yeah, what is this? A shitty indie show from like 2010? Yeah, so that was, it took the wind out of the sails for the match, but the ending was awesome. I've never seen mm. the reversal before where X-Pac kind of threw, he threw up, Gangrel, or no, mm-hmm. Gangrel threw him up for a f- flapjack, and on the way down, he got him with an X Factor or vice versa. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, fun match. And yeah, X Puck honestly has been killing it since he showed up in the WWE. And like Michael Cole said, 
perhaps the greatest European champion of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we stay with the DX uh, theme here because Kevin Kelly is backstage with DX and it is every man and woman for themselves in the Rumble with the $100,000 bounty on the line and uh, and a shot at the WWF Championship. So that was a pretty cool little storyline, which then plays out later on. Uh, we then see Shane McMahon come out to with what I've written down here. Like it sounds like a bootleg version. His um his theme music sounds like a bootleg version of Keep Hope Alive by the Crystal Method. Oh, wow. and, That's a is, deep cut there. Can I just a, say you're the music expert, Nims? Was this a song he ever used? Was this real or just dubbed on the network or something? I have a feeling it was dubbed on the network. Uh, actually, no, no. I think because they would come out to just various bits of stock music. Like Linda McMahon would come out to um, the, the WrestleMania, WrestleMania theme. Yeah, the original course. WrestleMania theme. But like they would, any time that someone would break off into a heel, the best way I could describe it is, it's just like, you know, tests theme, this is a test. Like that's his fifth theme. Like he went through about four different production music bits. He went, he went through four he different tests. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had to yeah. pass the test. Yeah, to pass um, the Actually, yeah, on the music, I actually wrote a note about the music. Um, but but yeah, Shane's music did sound sound like something you'd hear at a Fitzroy garage party. It's a bit, uh, <laughs> yeah. bit topical for you, Melbourne, very specific Melbourne listeners. But um, yeah, Shane's out there because he basically wants to say that Sable can't wrestle after Luna took her out on heat. But uh, Sable comes out and does the whole ring the damn bell, and it's funny when you watch like Sable in this role at the moment, because it's almost like Sonny never existed, isn't it, Simon? Which is a shame because Sonny at the time was, you know, the better character and the better promo and everything else. But Sable, for whatever reason, not whatever reason, two reasons, the crowd really liked her and she was very (laughs) popular. Uh, Sign in the crowd, you know, it's 1999. Uh, It said Tigold Biddy's 36 double D. So um, there you go. That's uh, not the sign of the crown that I noted where it just said Mexicans 316. <laughs> so completely different signs we're looking at. Either way, so, you, know, uh, you know what you're looking at. Um, this wasn't the worst match because it no, was actually, short. Mm, and I think that helps, bad. you know, just let them do the good stuff and leave. And it's, it's a product of the time. Like, it's this was considered a women's match back in that time. Like, let's face it in all of the WCW pay-per-views we've watched, we've seen what uh, um, we've seen Medusa wrestle, what a combined four times across three years. Mm. So that's just what women's wrestling was at the time. Uh, I'm actually, well, speaking of that though, like the actual finish to the match was really, really creative and actually quite good. Yeah, but that's like, right. We, like we, Luna Vachon would touch the like she because she had um Sabre like a bit of a submission. She touched the corner, but then Sabre would touch it without her seeing. Mm-hmm. It was actually a really cool finish. Yeah, and Shane goes up to distract the ref, and that leads a fan to run in and attack Luna. And uh, it's amazing that uh, this is the debut of Tori, who uh, would later on go to be. Kane's lover and then scorned by X-Park. It's, it, I love that this is how she was introduced to uh, the WWF audience back in the day. But um, next up is a backstage segment. Boss Man Test and Shamrock say it's every man for themselves. That's about it, really. But um, yeah, next up, we have got uh, 
We'll, we'll talk about the little video package of mm. Mankind versus Rock because we'll, we're going to do a, a very big deep dive on uh, the Rock versus Mankind in this I Quit mm-hmm. match. But um, it's a very, very cool video package. And Owen, I'm glad that you're here because you might be able to help us out here because where is that footage of that barbed wire match that uh, and and the explosion match that uh, that Mick Foley is in? Because like, uh, it'd, that's it'd not be, WWF it'd, footage. No, <laughs> it'd be King of the Death match 1995 in IWA Japan. Um, it'd be the explosive match was against Atsushi uh, uh, Onida. Um, and I think there may be some footage of um, Foley and Funk as well from the same tournament, I think. Because the final of that was Cactus Jack versus Onida. And Onida, of course, went over. Um. Yeah, I think that was from nine. I think that was IWA King of the Death Match '95. That's amazing that they even licensed that footage to use on a That's... WWE show. It's really cool, but it really helped the video too, because the well, whole point like... of this was Mick Foley. You know, it's an I Quit match. He'll never quit. Look at the crazy shit he's gone through. Well, I mean, it's it's later in my notes, but I mean, you've brought it up, so I'll bring I'll bring it up. Um, Jerry Lawler even like mentions like his list of injuries, but like, obviously half of them weren't even WWF related. Yeah. Like he's like, you know, he's lost an ear and he's been, you know, he's lost an ear. He's been exploded. Like that's not stuff that the WWF crowd typically wouldn't know. Mm. Especially yeah, at the time, unless you were like a deep tape trader. But that's what was cool about the commentary at the time, especially here, like for this example, you know, in 1999, I didn't watch Japanese tapes. I had no idea. But because the commentators explained that to you and, you know, showed you footage every now and then, you kind of pieced it together that, oh, my God, Mick Foley has wrestled around the world. He's done all this stuff. And then, you know, we'd see the footage of him as a teenager dressed as dude love. So you got Mm. this complete overview of even what he did before he got there. Yeah. Really really cool. And, and like, because what, the the ear incident was in Germany in, like, 90... Yeah. Yeah. With Vader. And that's the thing too, like, because obviously there was more WWF programming on, uh, on screens. Like I, my first introduction to Mick Foley was like in 95 in mind games, that era of, uh, WWF. Like I I had, I thought he was, I knew his mankind first before he was, um, Cactus Jack. And the only Mm -hmm. reason that I reckon that he's known as Cactus Jack and Cactus Jack is made out to be such a big deal is because of Triple H, because every time, Mick Foley reverts to Cactus Jack. It's always for Triple H, and Triple H sells it like death. And I think also the fact that, like, nowadays as well, like that, like the infamous like wanted dead or alive Cactus Jack T-shirt is pretty much mm-hmm. the only Mick Foley merch you see these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the best wrestling shirts ever. Yeah, and uh, I, I've always I've always liked how, like, especially in the Mankind era, he wore like the brown tights to like touch on. The um, cactus, because cactus wore brown tights as well. Yeah, the uh, finally we've got to the point where he's the mankind that we know and love because it's mm. been a very very slow burn. Because when he wins the title, he doesn't have the wreck theme music. Like he's still got that old school piano sort of uh, music, which is really jarring when you watch back the highlights with Mick Foley mm. over the top of it. But um, it's it's a fantastic story that leads them to the I Quit match. And Doc Hendricks is backstage interviewing The Rock and The Rock has kind of figured out who he is, but I don't think the crowd has yet because there's a bit where he does the millions 
and no one does anything and then finishes up with the millions of Rocks fans. We're yeah. about two months away from that because he was a face for a little bit. The crowd loved him. And then they pulled it away and returned him heel to solidify him as the corporate champion. But he's still adding catchphrases. This promo was about two minutes of just catchphrases in a row. Yeah. He worked them all in here. And that's why he's, you know, one of the best promos. I know it's cliched now for guys to try and do this, but when The Rock did it, no one else was talking like this, where everything he said became a t-shirt, basically. Pretty much every phrase that he said in this promo is on a t-shirt or a bit of merch. He was an absolute machine, but by doing this every week, you're right, Nims, eventually millions and millions and then you know garen damn t and everything he would say the crowd would say with him and then he would say this isn't sing a long time with the rock with that the would rock, make yeah. them do it even more so <laughs> you know post wrestlemania by backlash they have to turn him face again so it, you know it worked and can we just say the rock here is in his alternate attire he's in That's the track right. suit this is uh this is um WrestleMania 2000 attire number two uh, for those <laughs> that right. that might the, be big N64 fans. The infamous gyno outfit for The Rock, <laughs> allegedly, you know, for whatever reason that, he got that surgery. The the best way that anyone sort of justified that surgery is just like, well, you know, he's Samoan. Like, have <laughs> you noticed that's all? That's all. <laughs> I remember as a kid, before I read about it and really knew, people were like, oh, you know, it's because he's Samoan and that's like a genetic thing. And you're like, yeah. wow, really? Yeah, okay. Like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we start, before we even get to the match, we've got a little flashback to Sunday Night Heat where Mabel, the 1995 King of the Ring, I should point out, took out Mankind with an assist from The Rock and Shane McMahon. And uh, The Rock basically comes out and... What I love about this match, first off, is the smack talking from The Rock. But um, yeah, there is just there's just so much that is going on at the moment. It starts off at ten, and that's the best way I could sort of uh, describe it because like they don't feel each other out and try to like build up to it. It just starts off, bang, here you go. As it should, you know. I think sometimes there are blood feuds where they lock up at the start, and then there are wrestling matches where the guys brawl and you're like, oh, it's a bit jarring. This match is exactly what you would imagine it would be or what it was hyped up to be. Looking back with 2023 eyes, they absolutely took it too far. Even watching it now, I haven't seen this match in a really long time. Yeah, It's still very violent, even compared to some <laughs> stuff you can find now, because it gets overly brutal near the end for kind of no reason. Like it's yeah. justified in the story, but from a real life standpoint, you would think, why would you be doing this on this platform at the level you're at? It feels weird. But taken in the context of a match in 1999, this is still, in. I know some people won't agree with it, but one of the best matches ever as a spectacle. If you can yep. remove yourself from the damage it obviously did to Mick Foley, it and is. the fact that his kids are in the crowd watching. Oh, of course. If you've seen the other well, side of it for Beyond the Mat. Beyond the Mat, yeah. Mental. Yeah, so well, the, 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 the bit that I that always gets me uh, is like, because 
this was this is probably one of the first blood feuds that we see in the Attitude Era. Yes, we have Austin versus McMahon, but it's still kind of cartoony. Like it's got Kane and Undertaker involved. It's got you know all these stipulations. This is just actual violence. Well, like, yeah, it, like, yeah. I, I guess like Stone Cold and and Vincent Man. It's literally just like a cartoon take on the guy who hates working for his boss. Yeah, really. Whereas this, as you said, is a legitimate blood feud, two guys hating each other to the point where one of them is wants to cave the other's head in with a chair. Mm. Um, so they they brawl into the crowd as well. Uh, there's a there's a table spot that goes wrong during a rock bottom attempt. So this just it's kind of cool that that does go wrong because it does show that you know it's not all perfectly choreographed into but unfortunately much like the uh triple h pedigree attempt in SummerSlam 2000 it does end up with some dire consequences here they brawl to the stage they get up on the first tier of the crowd it's yeah. just it's a mental match i forgot about the balcony spot yeah. i wrote that in my notes i forgot the balcony spot existed like i didn't forget about like the table like like the like, you know, the power cutting table spot, but I forgot about the balcony brawl, like for the two minutes leading into that spot, completely just slipped my memory. It's one of those things. This match has, you know, the memorable violent bit that comes after you forget about the other crazy bump, which was, yeah, the balcony brawl and then Foley falling into the electric circuit and turning all the lights out, which is a great spot. It's a a nice visual. visual. (laughs) It's kind of like the King of the Ring Hell in a Cell match. You remember Foley falling off and through the cage, but then you forget he also fell through thumbtacks later on. So, mm. man, he really adds layer after layer of killing himself in these matches. The, the oh, other thing about this match, watching it back, though, the bits I forgot were the bits of humor that were also interjected in it. Like the yeah. rock still talking in third person when yeah. Mick Foley's asking him if he quits. Yeah, like The Rock says, you could kiss my ass. (laughs) You know, or when The Rock takes a mic and he smashes Foley's head with the ring bell and then he sings, the bells will be ringing. And it's just (laughs) a silly match, but it's... Well, even like when um, uh, Foley's like, um, I'm going to split that stupid eyebrow open of yours. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's like a little play on like the people's eyebrow kind of thing. Yeah. Also, I want to quickly go back to like the the balcony spot and like the crazy bump that Foley took, and how Michael Cole tried to one up JR's good God Almighty by saying Christ Almighty. Oh wow, I didn't. Know. Yeah, did you pick that up or no? <laughs> no I didn't. Oh, uh, you good. cheeky boy, Michael Cole, he's trying to take his job and his catchphrase. <laughs> um. Also, throwing back to our like little where have we talked about the um Japanese matches in the um the teaser video, there was a sign in the crowd. And I think, it, I think I may be time traveling back to 1999 because it said Foley fears Onita. Oh, there you go. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a mark. Can I just, I know. I, I, yeah. See, speaking of tape trading, like, you know, like neck beard marks, he's right there. Yeah. That's the guy. That's the guy. This is like, this is the real, like the part that I love too is like Shane McMahon coming out and showing general concern. Mm. Like clearly, like obviously, like that's a planned spot to come out. But Shane literally looked like, uh, I don't know if we should be doing this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys just want to stop here or do you want to keep going? Like, yeah. But yeah, then the the match ramps up even more because 
they get back in the ring and the rock gets some handcuffs and handcuffs mankind and it it just gets really really like this is just a brutal beating now yeah this bit when the rock handcuffs mick foley he puts his arms behind his back there's a little hope spot where foley fights back with no hands he even gets the rock in the nuts in crowd the nuts, buys yeah. it but then it gets to the point where the rock takes back over and Jerry Lawler says, oh, I like this. I saw this on Cops once. Um, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. The roles would, would have been reversed. <laughs> I, was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. But when The Rock, who is a disgusting heel at this point, The Rock really was a great heel, but when yeah. he put the chair on Mick Foley's face and oh. set up the people's elbow. The, the crowd the reaction. Corporate elbow. The Crazy. corporate elbow. The corporate elbow. The crowd reaction was mental. And when yeah. he, did it, he didn't just hit it. That was oh. easily the most violent people's or corporate elbow ever. He elbows that chair straight into his face. Yeah. And like, because I, I like I actually put on, on my Instagram story, because I just finished watching this before we recorded. I put on my Instagram story. I'm like, this like this spot still makes me feel unwell. Oh. Like those chair shots, yeah, so, make so, me so queasy. So put it this way: you get five chair shots to the head, like absolute batter up, swing to the rafters sort of uh, chair shots. The rock chair shots is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, what was with the <laughs> yeah. rock and hating people's heads? Because he because the other month he like you know reanimated Ken Shamrock's face into oblivion. <laughs> Well, <laughs> if, if if you hear Ken Shamrock tell it, he wanted because he he told The Rock to just like remember I'm an actual tough guy, so you're gonna have to hit me hard. And The Rock's like, okay, <laughs> all right, you want it? That's that's uh, and, yeah. and and Shamrock was like apparently like he'd be like, yep, that's the sort of stuff. So Shamrock not is just the world's most dangerous man. He's also not the world's most smartest man. <laughs> <laughs> the world's dullest man but uh, but yeah it's five chair shots to the head then they go to the outside and there's more brutal hair shot uh chair shots to the head it's it's uh insane. yeah see I, I the way i remember it it stops in the ring but I, I forgot that he went out they they go out of the ring and continue it for a bit longer too yeah i think yeah, the, what is it all up 11 chair shots or something yeah. like that it's, it's just absurd they're brutal and this is the footage you would see in beyond the mat uh the amazing doco for some reason you're listening to this show and you haven't seen beyond the mat i'd be yeah. shocked but yep. go and watch it because the footage they have from this night and mick foley's family watching in the audience and then the post-match sort of stitch up in the doctor's room it's yeah. amazing. Mick Foley is completely out of it, understandably. Well, that like even a final um, chair shot to the back of the oh. head is insane. Mm. I don't think I don't think Foley knew that was coming either. I think he writes about it in his mm. book. Well, like uh, even even like the the there's a shot that's like burnt in my brain from beyond the mat because they film those chair shots in the tightest close up to Foley's face. And all you just see is steel on head, and then he's just gushing blood out of his. I think that's what makes it like super visual as well, because obviously if Mark Foley's mask was, you know, what a couple of bits of leather wrapped around his face, more or less. But the blood is just oozing out of mm. the mask, and it makes it more graphic. Yeah, so it's a it's a really really brutal match. Uh, Mankind then quits. The Rock is a two time champion, and we have one of the most famous photos off the rocks title reign of him at the entrance stamp 
holding the belt up over the fallen mankind, which is a very iconic picture. Fortunately, there's probably better ways to get to it, but uh, look, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, post-match, Mick Foley walks out and refuses to get on a stretcher, which uh, gets him a big ovation from the crowd. Not the mm. smartest thing, but like I said, it was 99. It was a different time. And to uh, say that, this was an amazing match, did so much for The Rock and for Mick Foley's legacy uh, in spite of the damage it did to his brain. This match, though, is only halfway through their feud. That's the crazy thing. They're going to have two more big matches, uh, you know, and swap the title one more time. Well, no, I guess two more times. A, a great feud to establish The Rock as a real threat as a main eventer. And I was thinking about it, Nims. We also saw this last year in 98 mm. when Austin first became champ. His first feud was with McFoley. And we're going to see it later on to really establish Triple H as a main eventer. It'll be McFoley again. We'd see it again with Randy Orton to establish him as a main eventer. McFoley, same thing for Edge. Like mm -hmm. Foley deserves credit for getting so many guys to the next level. He's the rocker strapper, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just going on an extension of that too, if you look at um, uh, Kurt Angle's first title win against The Rock, Brock oh. Lesnar's first title win against The Rock. So in building The Rock, you've also built two of like absolute future Hall of Famers. And in fact, I think Chris Benoit's first WWF uh, title feud, remember when he was paired with Shane McMahon in like 01? Yeah, and they yeah. did the dusty finish where Benoit wins, but then the referee starts it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. That is also against The Rock. So uh, a, a lot of the future of the WWF is centered around this match, which uh, is really crazy when you think and about it. But, uh... We should just explain the ending though, before we move on to the Royal Rumble. So Mick Foley says, I quit, but he obviously didn't really say I quit. Mm -hmm. It's a recorded audio from a promo on raw where he used the word. I quit a lot because he was doing the green eggs and ham, but about saying the word I quit. Yeah. Uh, in fact, promo. they, I think it's on, it's probably the Raw uh, the next night, because I remember seeing it on Superstars, yeah, exactly. where, they, where, they, where they replay the footage of him going, I quit, and yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same thing, which is a really creative way to do it, and just shows you uh, that that dastardly corporate champion rock, how dare he, but... Uh, also, I'd like to be a little smart-ass right now, and actually say that Mick Foley should have won, because the rock said I quit first into the microphone. He did. He said, say, I quit something, yep. something. So technically, Mick Foley <laughs> is your world champion and The Rock well, said, I quit first. <laughs> actually, no, because it is the rules of an I quit match is the first person to make your opponent say, I quit. Mick Foley didn't make The Rock oh, say, I quit. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go back into my hidey hole. <laughs> <laughs> As, however, as would say, <laughs> yes, yes. The first person to make their opponent quit. So the rock could come and go, I quit, I quit, I quit, I quit. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, we then get a recap of McMahon versus Austin. It does an absolutely great job. We always say how good the video packages are for the WWF, but the fact that this starts the package at WrestleMania 14 and goes all the way to now 
in such a small amount of time is phenomenal. Oh, this video was good with all the clips of uh, Vince McMahon saying, I hate Austin and no chance <laughs> in hell. And <laughs> the amazing scenes we see that are just from the past couple of months that are sort of iconic shots is amazing. We see Vince in the limo with the title doing his Vince McMahon uh, weird <laughs> middle finger. Yeah. Weird middle finger. We see him, uh, you know, the Zamboni, which I don't care. I know everyone loves the beer truck. For me, the Zamboni the is Zamboni. better than the beer truck because he thumps the ring. He jumps off. The guy and throws an of... inflatable Austin in the ring. And, and sort of crowd surfs over <laughs> all those police. Yeah, yeah, he clears them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's so like good. it's like he it's like he's just staged stage dived at a warp tour or something like <laughs> yeah. that. That's how well, he's wearing <laughs> the denim shorts. You know, he's dressed for it. Uh, it's so good, anyway. And also in the video, we see um, HBK as the commissioner, but as a face. We were saying how annoying it was that they made him a heel when he's first commissioner. They course correct very quickly, similar to yeah. Scott Hall not being in the the Wolfpack. One of the things as a kid that really annoyed me, like why would Shawn Michaels be with the corporation and not DX, but they fix it quickly. (laughs) So uh, as we get through um, to the actual Royal Rumble, so there is a Sunday night heat recap where Austin turn gets turned back because he doesn't have a limo. So he then ends up getting the monster truck limo, which conveniently happens to drive all those cars that were just parked in the corner there. They love their monster trucks for Austin back then, back in ninety nine, didn't they? How do you, how do you even explain it as a, in the storyline? There's no explanation. They put it on heat, which was the pre show to the pay per view, to make you get yeah. the pay per view. Why why did this happen at all? Just you know, no reason. Just some weird cool scene, so a ten year old can be like, "Mom, this guy's got a monster truck. We have to order the Royal Rumble." You know, <laughs> and I reckon it would have worked probably would have back in the day but yeah it also shows him getting a slap from vince in uh, the ring but uh, we'll get to the rumble because number one is austin number two is vince uh this is going to be an interesting one to try and sort of recap because uh it's 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 a royal rumble it's a lot happening uh number three is golga vince crawls under the ring as austin eliminates golga but austin then follows him out to the crowd um one of my favorite things is, did you see the sign that said McMahon's on juice? <laughs> which sure then has, is. Which then has the king go, he is not on juice. Oh, well, he even, I didn't realize. Yeah. He yeah, yeah. That's yeah, good. Well, look, Vince McMahon walks out topless for the first time on TV. He's topless uh-huh. and he's oiled and he's jacked to the gills. <laughs> to the absolute oh. max, yeah. It, it is crazy. He looks like one of those old Hasbro action figures. That's how like jacked he is when he comes. He's out. very top heavy. Yeah, <laughs> he honestly looks like the head is on someone else's body. You know, because we're used to seeing him in a suit. Like they've taken the Vince McMahon head and put it on some '80s wrestler. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone took the Mattel head of a Vince McMahon builder figure and put it onto Goldberg's top half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, what I loved here, this might be the only year, and it feels like a Vince Russo thing, but whoever did it, credit to them. Instead of coming up with a fake time for the the time in between, Cole kept saying the wrestlers will enter at equally timed intervals. That can mean anything. (laughs) Equally timed to who? The person before you, in front of you? Is it equally timed for the whole match? We don't know, but it means they can just make it up as they go. 
Yeah, yep. which which is really well done. Uh, number four is draws in the ring, um, which I'll tell you what. Talk about you want to talk about like bait and switch. Imagine if you're in the crowd uh, to watch the Royal Rumble and you hear "Oh, what a rush!" and draws <laughs> walks out. <laughs> Not just that. I thought you were going to say the bait and switch because it's Austin and Vince one and two. That's what we've been hyping up. They're going to have to last the distance if they want to win. They both go under the ring. They go backstage. Austin's laid out in the toilet. And then I got to say, like, I know a lot of people hate this Royal Rumble, so I didn't know what to think going in. I haven't seen it in forever. Once that happened, and then when we saw Droz and the next, I reckon, about six or seven people, I thought this was going to be one of the worst Rumbles ever. It was Jabroni Central here. We had Droz. No offense to Edge, because it's not the same Edge. We get Gilberg. With the piped-in chance coming in at number six. That was pretty funny. The entrance for Gilbergs <laughs> is amazing. But the run that we had of, like, Blackman and Dan Seven and Tiger mm-hmm. Ali Singh and the Blue Meanie and Mabel, it's just like, what are we doing? No, no, ha- hang on, hang on. 11 is no one because then it cuts back to Mosh being beaten up by oh, Mabel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it would have been worse if Mosh was in there too. Quick and question. Then- mm-hmm. Who took the better bump in the bathroom, Stone Cold or the cameraman? <laughs> oh, that cameraman. <laughs> he <laughs> got demolished. <laughs> All so, they had to do is he was the only cameraman there. They couldn't switch out of it. They had to so, carry on with the spot. So as Mabel uh, comes out too, the lights go out and the acolytes and Midian eliminate Mabel. And then Taker says something to him before. The, um, when did Road Dog enter, just out of interest? Road Dog came out and eliminated Mabel somehow. No, Mabel gets eliminated oh, by sorry. the acolyte. Sorry, yeah. Road Dog was just there. Ah, uh, who knows? That's what the, I, that's the first almost half of this rumble really isn't much to write home about. You know- I'm not gonna lie. I honestly, I I hit I hit the uh, the multiplier button a couple of times <laughs> for this one. To to be honest though, with one thing, I was absolutely glad when I saw the acolytes and Midian came out. Thank Christ, we will never, ever see the Godwins ever again. You're right. Oh, my God. The Godwins are finally done. We're they are finally, done. We're done with DOA and the uh, the Godwins. It's all... And it's only taken us three and a half years. We're yeah. never going to see the smoking guns again. We're never going to see DOA, and we're never going to see um, the Godwins ever again. And Unfortunately, really, we'll... Yeah. I was going to say the tag team we've gotten out of it are the Acolytes, who have now formed. They're going to be great for a few years. So, you know, there we go. And yeah. what's interesting, I didn't, I never realized, I kind of forgot that Mabel returned here as Mabel, but then he quickly gets yeah. inducted into the ministry. It's the next he night he turns viscera. into Viscera. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. They must do a big ceremony for him. Yeah. It's well, the gets, next uh, night on Raw. He gets bundled into the hearse. I did <laughs> on like the paper, fact- the ministry, like if the Undertaker pitched it, whoever pitched it, and said, all right, take, who do you want to draft? And he was like, give me Farouk, who's been a dud since leaving the nation. Give me one of the new Blackjacks in Bradshaw. Give me Midian. I want half of the Godwins. And you know what? Let's rehire Mabel. That's going to be my stable. Who would ever put that group together? (laughs) See, the only reason I can think of is all of those guys must be really good at backgammon. (laughs) Yeah, they're clearly just... 
his drinking buddies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the thing is, like, we got a really cool looking Undertaker out of it because Ministry oh, yeah. Undertaker is the best looking Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it all ends up working, but just on paper, it's one of the shittiest stables ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ministry Undertaker. Ministry Undertaker. Sorry, Ministry uh, also had the best Undertaker theme. Oh, uh, 100%. And also the corporate ministry remix of the ministry theme with no chance in hell is fantastic. <laughs> but um, uh, so number thirteen is Gangrel, who uh, yeah, he does have the front row head bopping to his music when he comes out. Yeah, pop me. Yeah, uh, number fourteen is Kurgan. Fifteen is Al Snow. Sixteen is Goldust. Seventeen is Godfather with Hose. 18 is Kane, and Kane clears house as a bunch of men in white coats come now, out to commit him. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Kane gets such a huge reaction because they're turning him face for the first time, and the mm-hmm. crowd is all in. When Kane comes out and just destroys everyone, that felt like the first great moment of this match. Yeah, uh, but he's only in the rumble for 55 seconds. Yeah, and then he steps over and eliminates himself, and we're yeah, back, yeah. back to nothing. Yeah. Which, which the best part too is like, it is very much like clearly, because that's the only way that Kane knows how to get into the ring. So to leave the ring, he's got to step yeah. over the ropes. That was well. a nice touch, actually. Yeah, just, just instinct <laughs> for Kane. He doesn't think of the rules. Which, which also going by that logic means Kevin Nash would also do the same thing if he was to leave the ring during a Royal <laughs> Rumble. Um, Ken Shamrock is out at number 19. He comes out just as Vince returns and leaves the ring once again to join the commentary team. 20 is Billy Gunn with a bung ankle and one shoe, which they point out. <laughs> Number Credit 21, to Billy Gunn for wrestling with one shoe. I thought that was a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, very cool stuff there. Uh, 21 is Test, as we see the acolytes in Midian put Mabel into a hearse, <laughs> which has one of the great bits of transitioning oh, where yeah. the ambulance comes back with Austin driving, who returns, and Vince, Vince does the best oh shit face you will ever see. Oh, yeah. Every cut to Vince, this was good. So the hearse leaves, the ambulance with Austin arrives, and they cut to Vince three or four different times. And every time, it's a slightly different face, <laughs> like just a subtle version of the big gulp that he would do, which, uh, yeah. Vince McMahon reacting to anything, obviously, as we know from all the memes that live on, it's always oh, good. Yeah. Very iconic stuff there. Uh, 22 is Boss Man. He's, uh, his music hits as Austin chases Vince who leads him into a corporate ambush. 23 is Triple H. 24 is Val Venus. 25 is X-Pac. 26 is Mark Henry. 27, Jeff Jarrett. 28 is D'Lo Brown. 29 is Owen Hart. And number 30 is China. Uh, Vince gets some water in the face from Austin as he gets out of the ring. And that sort of really sets Vince off, which is hilarious. Uh, All the superstars are all beating each other to try and get Austin over the top rope because of the $100,000 bounty. China is out. We've got the final four being Austin, Bossman, D'Lo, and Owen. Now, is that not the weirdest final what four a, you ever get? Literally, my first one of my main notes is what an absolute wild final four. Mm. I honestly were they gonna, were they going to push Owen? To <laughs> yeah, Owen could have gone to Mania. Who knows? Well, they, do you reckon that was their plan for? Because obviously, unfortunately, we are what Four eight months? months. Oh, oh, is, is it mid year? Was it? I thought it was. Yeah, May. yeah. So we are unfortunately very, very close. Uh yeah. yeah. Um, this, but remember too, like this is where Owen Hart and 
and Jeff Jarrett have started their successful tag team run. They have a match against the Outlaws on Raw the next night. But um, Vince is still in the Rumble. My other note here is Owens Enziguri is still the best in the business. You're not going to get yep. better. Mm. Uh, Big Boss Man eliminates D'Lo, and then Austin gets rid of Big Boss Man and then turns his attention to Vince on the outside. Austin then gets Vince back in the ring and dishes out a beating. But The Rock comes out and starts trash-talking, which then leads to Vince McMahon eliminating Austin, thanks to The Rock. and But still, Austin gets his comeuppance at the end. It's a Vince celebrates and all that sort of jazz. But um, all i got to say is let's compare the way that this pay-per-view ends compared to how a WCW pay-per-view ends. Because we've mentioned all the time, Simon, how the NWO always gets the last laugh. Even though Austin has lost, he still looks strong at the end of this pay-per-view. Yeah, it was a good way they did it. So even though the focus was on Vince McMahon winning and, oh my God, what's going to happen to the title shot at WrestleMania, they're kind of uh, leading you to think, yes, Vince McMahon has won the Royal Rumble, but Austin is still going to get revenge on The Rock, who is the champion. They're leaving the door open just slightly to make you think, okay, well, how are they going to follow this up? Austin's going to get revenge. He's not just going to get beat down. So you're looking at Vince McMahon celebrate, but you're looking at The Rock and Austin sort of brawl to the back. It's not left on such a downer like a WCW event where the good guy's just on the floor getting his ass kicked and the NWO is, you know, spray painting them and pissing in their face and whatever else. And Hogan's doing his little rambling to the camera until yeah. it uh, until the copyright logo comes up. But then then we see a post pay per view video package. And is this the first time we've seen one? No, they they would do these at um, WrestleMania. But yeah, but definitely, outs, outs, yeah. definitely, yeah. I thought that was weird too to have one at the Royal Rumble. But we've mentioned it before. Whoever does these post pay per view uh, videos, absolute gun. Yeah. Like to put it together. Yeah live and just have it roll at the end of a show amazing yeah it's some pretty stellar stuff but yeah that wraps up the 1999 royal rumble let's get through some of our awards here because uh, we got to go for an mvp and we'll start off with you owen what do you think of this as a whole who would you class as uh, the mvp of royal rumble 99 um the 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 rear head section of vince mcmahon after taking that horrific chair shot to the back of the dome from Stone Cold, <laughs> possibly worse than the Rock ones to mankind. Um, actually, no. This is this is honestly such a I don't know because one of my one, main yeah. one of my main notes in in all in the Rumble and in their in their singles match is Road Dog is on another level. This this show he was mm. great in his singles match and he was. Just putting everyone over in the rumble. Like he was very, very solid. I mean, you can't really go past Mick Foley though. Yeah, yeah I think true. for this show, it has to be Mick Foley for the sacrifice, the amazing match, making the rock. The storytelling. Like the storytelling. Yeah, probably we it's, should say Mick Foley. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Like if I had to do like a three, two, one Brownlow medal style vote, I would do. Um, oh, it's definitely Mick, Mick, Mick. <laughs> yeah. What? If I had to not, yeah, yeah, Mick, dude, love a okay, Jack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what about because no, X Pack was also really, really good. In I was going to say the X-Pac. singles match, and he, oh my god, the 
the exit bump he took on the way out of the ring in the rumble was horrifying. Yeah, the boss man threw him out corner ways. Like he ran the whole ring and threw him over the corner. It was wild. It was terrifying. But also, no, yeah, did so- you know X Park, as Michael Cole pointed out, the lightest competitor in Royal Rumble history at oh. 210 pounds? If that was these days, he'd be one of the heaviest competitors. Yeah, he's a heavyweight yeah. guy. He wouldn't even make it on 205 Live. Yeah, no, really he's a muscle guy. guy. X-Pac, big, big man now. But yeah, it's got, it's got, it's got to be mankind, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it, you'd be pretty hard-pressed. Well, someone better have bled a lot more to, to that <laughs> award over Mick Foley there. But yeah, that about wraps up the 1999 Royal Rumble. We are well into 1999, and it is clear who won the January pay-per-views by an absolute <laughs> country mile here, Simon? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think WWE, this was like cleansing the palate after watching Sold Out. And again, it's not, you could argue, oh, technically the matches weren't that good on this show. Who cares? They were well executed for what they were. They were fun. They had interesting characters in them. And the title match and then the Royal Rumble, I know some people don't like this Royal Rumble, but the last 10, it's a really good story. You know, you've got some yep. big names in there. I think it was good. And there's something to that. There's something to the characters, even as we mentioned with the the Ministry and The Undertaker. Look at how different all of those guys are compared to a year or two years ago. We've mentioned the problem with WCW. We're up to 1999. And some guys feel like they haven't changed at all. You know, yep. Chris Benoit, who we saw on the pay-per-view, What's the difference? You know, anytime yeah, we see one of the cruiserweights, aside from Eddie, what's the difference with anyone else? No one changes. It's the same same shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a damn shame. But uh, we're going to sort of break up the routine a little bit because even though chronologically the WWF has a pay-per-view first in February, our next uh, episode of Reliving the War is going to be WCW Super Brawl 9, uh, which... Boy, I'm looking forward to. What on that earth happens- is on this show? <laughs> no, see, the thing is, I'm having a look at the card now. And yes, I'll be back for it because I'm back on a good person's schedule, my friends. <laughs> but on paper, great card. Mm. Can't get our hopes up anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. that's, the, 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 that's why I stressed on paper. What's the main the, event? The main event, uh, well, look, it's 1999 WCW, but Hollywood Hogan versus Ric Flair. Oh, God. All right, can't oh, wait boy. For that. Yeah, so so super. Yeah, actually, I, you know what? So that reminded me. You said Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. Those guys, you know, were considered old in WCW wheelchair wrestling, etc. There was mm-hmm. a sign on this pay per view. Did you guys see it? It said Sable is old, and it was near the front row. <laughs> I googled it. Sable was only thirty-two. Whoever that dude was in the crowd, come on, thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah, so enjoy. Make sure you join us because, as Owen said, it, on 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 paper, I mean, you got the Outsiders reunited. You've yeah. got Scott Ooh. Steiner and uh, and DDP. You got wow. Kibben versus Chavo, Goldberg, Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, this sounds yep. good. It does sound uh-huh. good, but uh, but much like most WCW pay-per-views, all of these sound good if they were following Bash at the Beach 1996. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately, they don't. So we'll see you next time for Super Brawl at uh, Super Brawl 9 
on you'll be joining us and i can tell you right yeah. now uh you'll be wishing it was sold out 99 <laughs> after watching this pay-per-view but uh on behalf of simon tackler and owen jones i've been nims is and we have been reliving the war we'll catch you next time This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.